I call it the secret to wealth. Now this is some of the keys that Jesus was trying to tell us about that we missed. In the beginning, God told this to Adam. He's talking to Adam. He says, the Lord made all kinds of trees grow of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eyes, good for food. Now the Lord is talking to Adam. He says, look, there is a river watering the garden, flown from Eden. From there, it is separated into four headwaters. The first thing God told Adam about was water. You missed it, folks. Look at me. Yippee. Look at me. You missed it. He says the first power of wealth on earth, Adam, is water. Not computers. Water. When God gives you a list, you better write the list down. Secondly, verse 12, he says the gold is good. You tell him there's gold in the garden. Fourth, he says aromatic resin. That's oil. Then fifth, he says, there's onyx and precious stone. That's diamonds and pearls and rubies. Now notice the list. The list is interesting. First of all, he says there is fruit. Then there is water. Then there is gold. Then there is resin. Then there is onyx. Now look at the list. God's priorities are different from ours. Let me say something to you very important. What's the first thing you need in your life right now? You need food and water. Your body is 87% water. So God says, I got four times water in the garden. If you want to go into a business right now, go into the water business. Some of you are looking at me funny. Sell your house, buy an osmosis machine, reverse osmosis, and open a water company. You can't lose. Why? God says, number one. Number two, agriculture. Have you noticed that when the gas prices hit five dollars, everybody scattered for food. We had a choice between gas and food. What did we choose? Food. Why? Because food is more important than number four, resin. Some of you have walked away from farming. God has sent me to tell you, go back into farming. People need food more than they need oil. The farmers are going to become the wealthiest people in the next ten years. You watch. Because you cannot eat a computer. If you were hungry, you would sell your iPhone. Oh, come on, talk to me. Go back to God's list. I give you fruit for food, he says, and water for drink. You want to go into business? That's it right there. No matter who starves, the water company won't. You go in that cafeteria, you buy a bottle of water. Sometimes they put sugar in it and call it soda, but it's water. You need water. Your body is 87% water. It cannot live without water, but it could live without oil. Follow God's plan. Look at the third one, gold. Gold comes after you get water and food. When you got water and your stomach is full, now you can buy some jewelry. Now when you can't find water and oil, what do you, I mean water and food, what do you do? You sell your jewelry. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. This is no time to buy no necklace. It's a crisis time. It's time to sell your gold. God's smart. Look at the next one, oil. When the prices of gas went up to $5, people started carpooling, catching the bus, riding the train. Why? They realized, I can't waste no money on no gasoline. I'm going to take my pride and catch myself a bus. I got to go to work to get some money to buy some one and two. Food. 
Water. Look at the next one. Precious stone. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me carefully. If you lost your job, this ain't no time to go buy yourself a diamond. It's time to what? Sell your diamonds. We'll be we, we all mixed up. Your house is not poor. Check your jewelry. It's a lot of money. And you can't eat a ring. You can't chew a chain. So be smart. Get rid of it now. Get some money and become liquid. Put it in the bank and hold it. Why? You need liquid. You don't need gold. The wisdom of God. Some of you all got $50,000 diamond rings and you ain't never worn it. That's bad management. God's question, what's in your house? What's in your house? You're not poor. You just can't see. On today's episode, I want to study the wealthiest people in the world. And surprisingly enough, I believe a story that is in the headlines is going to help us understand it a lot more clear, with a lot more clarity. Recently, there's been a story that has taken the NBA by storm. And I think it gives us everything we need to understand how to become the wealthiest people in the kingdom of God. Sports world and one of the NBA's hottest young stars is in hot water this morning. 23-year-old Memphis Grizzlies point guard Ja Morant has been benched by the team after video surfaced on Instagram of him appearing to be holding a gun in a nightclub. The NBA confirmed that they are aware of a social media post involving Ja Morant and are investigating. And the Grizzlies announced that Morant would sit out last night's game against the Clippers as well as tomorrow's game. In a statement, Morant said he took full responsibility for his actions and apologized to his family, team, and fans. Morant also said that he would be taking some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress. Mike Vorkanov, national basketball business reporter for The Athletic, joins us now to talk about this. Good morning, Mike. Thank you for being here. So first off, what more do we know about what happened and what do NBA investigations typically look like? Well, it's been a number of incidents going back to the summer uh, that has gotten John Moran in this place. Uh, there was, you know, reportedly an incident in the summer where he punched a teenager after playing basketball at his house. Uh, there was an incident with a security guard at a mall in the Memphis area. There was an incident uh, in January where the athletic reported that um, someone from his entourage uh, had shined a laser into the a team boss for the Indiana Pacers after a game. So what happened over the weekend was just really uh, the last straw, I think, for Morant and for the Grizzlies. And now the NBA is investigating it. And their investigations can last any number of time, any number of days or weeks. Uh, there's a lot to look into, obviously, uh, not only uh, everything that's happened in the past, which they've also investigated, but also the, it seemed like as if he had a gun in the Instagram video. And so we'll see where that leads. Um, the NBA doesn't have a timetable, and John Morant doesn't have a timetable to return. He's going to miss at least two games, and that obviously buys everyone a good number, uh, a good amount of time before this all comes to conclusion.
So Mike Jaw has a sneaker contract with Nike. In fact, the company just released its first shoe with him on Christmas Day. On its website, the shoe company calls Jaw Nike's first basketball, Nike basketball's first Gen Z signature athlete. So following the incident, Nike did release a statement that says it appreciates Jaw's accountability and support him prioritizing his well-being. So how situations like this where NBA players are investigated by the league for actions off the court, how can that impact athletes in their endorsement? What have we seen in the past? I think Nike has shown uh, in the history, in its past to have a long bandwidth with players when they've gotten to some trouble. We just saw this over the last few years with Kyrie Irving, who obviously had his own uh, bit of trouble while he was with the Brooklyn Nets, and Nike stood by him for a while before ultimately uh, severing its relationship back in November. And John Morant is now an integral part of Nike's future going forward. Uh, you know, as you said, he's their the face of its Gen Z generation, right? Um, they just released a shoe. He's immensely popular with especially kids and the demographics that buy shoes. And so they have a, a lot invested in him. And, and I think that they would stand by him unless there's something more uh, explosive that comes out. But, you know, in the past, we've seen really it differs from shoe company to shoe company, how much trouble is, how much heat is too much for a company to stand by. But I would think in this time, at least Nike watches as all of this plays out and, and see what goes on with Ja going forward. And Mike, briefly here, we know that the NBA had initially said that Ja would miss only two games as a result of this. But last night, the Grizzlies coach seemed to indicate that it could be longer. So could this whole thing have a larger impact on the future of the Grizzlies season and his career? Look, I think so. When the Grizzlies made their statement, they said he would miss a minimum of two games, right? Um, and yesterday, the Grizzlies coach, Taylor Jenkins, said that there's no definite timeline on this. So we don't know when John Morant will come back. Obviously, it's important for the Grizzlies that he does. They're the second seed in the Western Conference right now, the possible title contender. Uh, but outside of that, I think they're going to give him the distance uh, that he needs and the time that he needs to make sure that everything's right because this isn't an isolated incident. We've had now, you know, almost a year full of things that have happened, including John Morant, uh, that you can point to and, and make this kind of a, a mm. continued uh, issue for him. And so I, I think that with how much scrutiny this is getting, uh, this might last a little bit longer than just two games. We'll be watching Mike Vorkanoff. Thank you so much. So the media is watching what John Morant is going to do now. Everybody's paying close attention to the John Morant story. He's having a gun on Instagram Live. He's doing extracurricular activities. And the world is watching. And a lot of the commentary has been around the fact of these multi-million dollar athletes behaving badly. And as these stories started developing, and I was sitting back and I was watching all this take place, I started realizing the richest people in the world are not necessarily the wealthiest people in the world. And there's a huge distinction between it all. And so you have to be very mindful and very careful of who you listen to. Because there's going to be some people who are going to talk about the richest people in the world. And there's going to be some people who talk about the wealthiest people in the world. And my question to you is, do you know the difference? These athletes are some of the richest people in the world. From the endorsements that they have, 
to the contracts they have with the league, to all the other business investments that they are able to make. They create themselves a really great life here on earth, here in the world, and they are rich beyond measure. But what is the difference between that and the wealthiest people in the kingdom of God? Well, let me explain. John Morant's story proves that at any given time, your richness can be stripped from you. It can be taken from you because it's in the power of somebody else's hands. At any given time, the shoe contract could be taken away. The endorsements could be taken away. The NBA contract could be rescinded. Teams won't necessarily want to work with you because you have an image problem. And so what's happening now is the media is creating that image problem for John Morant, and that could jeopardize him being one of the richest people in the world. Because who would want to sign someone who has an image problem? But you don't have to necessarily take my word for it. I was sitting back and I was watching a really great conversation from someone who had a similar situation happen to them and a former NBA player who had a gun and was suspended for over 50 games. And back then, everybody was talking about how this athlete was making so much money and he wasted his career. And how could you do something like this? Well, here we are 10, 15, 20 years later, and we're able to hear from someone who actually went through something similar. And I believe through this conversation, we start seeing the divide between the richest people in the world and the wealthiest people in the world. Here's a conversation from former NBA athlete, Gilbert Arena. Tatum, all that. Um, They have now bumped you to tier two, tier three. Um, No matter what you go out there and do, moving forward for at least the next three years, you're going to be behind those players because of the image. Um, you're going to have to really sit back and like re-image yourself, um, unfortunately. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you want to be mindful, but you still have to be a little real. Um, you know, if you don't get voted in the all-star game, those coaches are going to look the other way. When it comes to tears, you are a one tier player. You, you're supposed to be the future. And then this is just, just, just real reality, you know, cause no one's going to tell you this. You are number one, you, Luca, Tatum, all that. Um, they have now bumped you to tier two, tier three. Um, no- somebody else had the power to bump John Morant from a tier one player to a tier two or tier three player. That, my friends, is called being rich. When someone can take your image and decide 
what your trajectory will be within your career, the best you could do is be rich. Let's look up image and what does image mean? Because I think that's important. It's all about image in certain aspects. How do you define image? An image is a visual representation of something. Let's talk about professional image. A lot of people are building really great images. They're even going after awards for their image. What is a professional image? A professional image describes a way a person conducts themselves at work in other professional settings. It also involves the attitude they use at work and how others perceive them. Right? So there's a whole industry on this. They have people who are image consultants. What does an image consultant do? What does an image consultant do? Image consultants work with clients to assess and align their current personal professional image with their desired goals. They may work to improve their client's physical appearance, communication skills, and interpersonal skills as a part of a holistic public relations strategy. There's a whole industry around image. An image can get you rich. But see, Gilbert Arenas wasn't done there. He actually had more to say. This is just 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 real reality. I mean, a lot of things are gonna gonna happen no matter how good you play. So, you know, it's one of these things where for the next three years you're really gonna have to duck your head and just play basketball, still keep your same personality and not get in trouble for you to get back to to who you, you know, were three weeks ago or two weeks ago before any of this started. So and I just want to tell you that, you know, um, it's going to be a tough one, especially mentally, you know, just watching how everything unfolds around you. But just understand at the end of, the, the, of this dark tunnel, there will be light. Be careful of the words you say when you do have to talk to media. Um, keep it just basketball. And, you know, for the next two, three years, just, you know, stay on that path and just understand that, you know, your goal right now is, is to be back where you were two weeks ago. And that, unfortunately, that's going to take about two years. I mean, a lot of things are going to... So Gilbert Arenas already knows the playbook that's in front of him. He already knows that this was all really about image. Yes, you're a great basketball player. Yes, you have endorsements. Yes, you have a big contract coming up. But at the end of the day, all that could be taken away from you in that world based off of image, how others perceive you, how the media determines your story. Everybody else has a hand in your reality. That's what being rich will get you. You basically hand over your power in exchange for money. Gilberinus had a little bit more to say. Let's listen in. Anyway, to speed up the process. Nope. Winning the chip. No, winning the chip. I can tell you this, and this is going to sound like real brutal. Real brutal. The last, the last step before crossing that finish line of image changing is he's going to have to cut his hair and become clean look 
ungangsteristic looking so far away from the music that they think he's mimicking or um, Memphis. Yeah, so, so more Demetrius than Ja. Yeah, it's like it's like um, putting on a a, a a gangster putting on a suit. Is there any way to speed up the process? Nope. Not- well, that's interesting. Joe Barinas predicts that John Morant is now going to have to change his image by cutting his hair in order to get back to the clean image that he had before. Are we following what's going on here? This is something that we have to watch and see where it all goes. But it started making me think about so many different people in the media or people who are on the rise and how image really dictates everything. So how does this relate to you pushing play on the episode called the wealthiest people in the kingdom. See the wealthiest people in the kingdom, they're not playing an image game. They manage the resources of what's going on on earth. They manage the resources that is already owned by the kingdom. And they're not here to play an image game. That's only reserved for those who want to be rich. And so everything that they do, everything that they say has to align with whatever the world, the world's agenda currently is. It made me start thinking about one of my favorite books, The Richest Man in Babylon. And there's a really great quote from the book. Now, this book is written by George Classen, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's one of my favorite books. And he says the following. The reason why we we never found measures of wealth, we never sought it. The reason we never found measures of wealth is because we never sought it. I believe that there's many people in this game, especially of sports and entertainment, they are seeking riches. And the reason why they never found wealth because they never looked for wealth. They were playing an image game. They wanted to sit down next to other people who had money. They'll cut their hair. They'll wear certain outfits. And that puts them into the category of being rich. And some people even will throw in famous. The rich, the famous, the well-known, the well-liked, a lot of it is pertaining to an image consultant, to an image that is being built up. And at any time, the image could be taken away. And that's, to me, one of the biggest differences between being rich and being wealthy. Like when a gangster rapper goes on the court and, you know, he has a suit on, got the the, the glasses to try to look, yeah. you know, presentable. And that's... Or what their definition of, of well, presentable yeah. is. Yeah. No, I mean, look. And, and, that, and that's, the, that's, just, that's, that's just the harsh truth. You know, 
they're not going to say it. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what, what, what you're going to have to do, what's going to happen, because they're not going to say it. They just, they'd rather just beat you up the whole time. That was Gilbert Arenas from his No Chill podcast on football sports telling you the game. And so I always love when the game is being told to us brutally and honestly, because then it lets you know, well, should I play that game or should I play a whole nother game? What game are you playing? Well, we told you at the beginning of this episode that when you have access to the kingdom of God and you're managing those resources, it really won't matter about your image. When you have control over agriculture, food, gold, oil, the essentials that people need, they won't care what your hair looks like. They won't care what the media said about you. They won't care about any of your image because you you have access to the essentials. I was saying in a recent interview, uh, actually a really great conversation I had with Brittany Walker. She has a uh, podcast called uh, Transcend. And it was an awesome conversation. And actually we'll have her on the podcast very soon to continue the conversation. One of the things that I was mentioning is a lot of people talk, talk, talk about doing business with people that they like and they know. And to me, that's image. And my standpoint is I want to be so valuable that even if you don't like me or don't know me, you still have to do business with me. John Morant has put himself in a position that if people don't like him or don't know him, there's no way for him to attract wealth. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves, do you want to be the richest man in the world? The richest person in the world? Or do you want to be the wealthiest people in the kingdom? And that answer will determine your future forever. <laughs>